And welcome into our number two on this uh, Rattlesnake Roundup, National Rattlesnake Roundup Day. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you're going to get involved, you do it very carefully. That's on my bucket list. That should be a great time. All right, we're talking about fishing poles this morning, and we're asking our listeners, our audience, and also our field reporters, uh, tell us your favorite fishing rod, your all-time will go-to. If you could only have one, which one would it would be? Uh, we're hearing from our friend Deb, uh, who has a grocery store chain named after her. Can you guess which one? She says, I had to laugh when you were talking to Daryl Carpenter since he has a cast on, maybe forever. Broke my wrist back in October. No cast, but therapy for weeks. But I get where Daryl's coming from. Uh, your discount rate saw, though, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a sideline of mine. All right, here's one that says, Don, I really love my right and McGill. Seven foot nine inch. That's a long rod. Bait casting and spinning rods in the moderate power. Yep, I figured that was a bass fisherman. It's big man bassin. And we have this one coming in from Bro James. He says he talked to his son in Virginia. His favorite rod is a Johnny Morris 2.0, seven foot medium heavy. Yep, he's a bass fisherman too. And here's one uh, says uh, my favorite rod is my Lou's Mark Rose spinning rod. The rainbow trout were on fire at the pond in Homer. I caught two of the golden trout. Man, what a fight. That's from Big E and Thibodeau. And he also says when he cleaned them, he, he filleted them, and they had all those tiny bones. I tell you, fillet is not the best method of preparation for a rainbow trout. That's one of the curses. The meat is really good, but they are bony fish, a lot of small bones, and if you try to fillet them, there's going to be an awful lot of waste. My suggestion is is do a recipe where, and I know a lot of people, include me, don't like to eat around fish bones, but when it comes to rainbow trout, I don't have any other solution. Maybe somebody else does, and if they do, please text us. Well, we'd love to hear from you, 504-260-1870. All right, Val is listening to us in Araby. Marshmaster 7-foot medium action spinning with a lifetime warranty. Wish they still made them. I had a Marshmaster uh, rod, I think it was might have been a 7 or 6 and a half. It was very durable, and, and I liked it, too. You're right. That's a good rod. Uh, here's one. says, favorite is a St. Croix 6.6 Premier Light Fast Action. Teamed with a Shimano Saro 6-pound mono. That's pretty light. Biggest fish to date was a 41-inch red a few weeks ago. Had to chase him down because he almost spooled me. Total of 10 conventional rods and 6 fly rods. That's Doug. Doug, congratulations. If you had that six-pound monofilament on and you got that 41-inch red to the boat, congratulations, my friend. That's a pretty good accomplishment. <clears throat> Phil's checking in from Thibodeau. He has 21 rods total, Falcon and Shimano spinning, but his favorite is a custom-made rod that he bought off of a live CCA Facebook auction during the COVID year of 2020. It says made by Rooster Rods. I think from Livingston Parish, seven foot, medium fast with 11 eyes. Best feel and performance ever. Well, not only did you get a great buy, but you made a donation for a great cause. Yeah, you pick up those rods and reels sometimes at those CCA, uh, either virtual auctions online or you can go to the banquets and uh, pick up some pretty good deals there. All right, we come back after this. We're going to ask Captain Mike Gallo, our born on the bayou guy, what is his favorite rod? Not the one for his customers, but the one that Mike likes to use. What does Mikey like? We'll find out right after this timeout. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 
All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so picture this. You're going out, and the weather's great, and you're going fishing, and you're having fun, and you got a full ice chest full of fish, and you're ready to head back to the dock, and guess what? you got problems. engine might not start. Maybe you ran out of gas. Could be an electrical problem. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Well, I'll tell you who you call. You call CETO, especially if you have one of those CETO policies where for $199 a year, you will get unlimited towbacks to the dock it's like having AAA on the water it's peace of mind for you and your loved ones and you can get signed up or sign someone up real quick it's a great gift to give by the way call captain chris 504-301-4545 or one simple click to cto.com captain mike gallo joins us now uh, born on the bayou guy aa of la.com mike i'm going to ask you the same way uh, I asked some of the other professional guides, if you were out just fishing for Mike Gallo and not worried about some uh, bozo grabbing your favorite rod and reel and ruining it, what would be the one you would take to maybe do a little bit of a scouting mission? I know you do some fish scouting before trips sometime. What's your one favorite rod? And I know there's different applications for, you know, if you're throwing a cork, if you're throwing certain uh, top waters, or you're fishing bottom rigged, or you're looking for something with a real soft tip for a light bite. But all in all, what would be your number one go-to rod? Well, Don, I really like the um, the Fenwick rods, and they have a couple of different models that I prefer. There's one called a World Class, and there's another one called a Technica. And both of those are very good rods, fairly light, very sensitive, in the 6.6 to 7-foot range. And... Um, those have become my favorite, I guess, over the last five years. And what is the action on that? Is that like a, a medium or medium light action? I actually prefer medium heavy. Mm-hmm. I use medium heavy pretty much all the time. And what else? What is it about that Fenwick you like? Is it the weight, the balance, the feel? Well, you know, it's all of those things. You like the weight of it if you're going to be fishing the bridges where it's it's a possibility you make a thousand casts. You want a rod that's somewhat light so you don't fatigue. Um, of course, you want good sensitivity. Uh, and the reason I prefer a medium-heavy rod, I want good backbone in it. In case I'm, say, at the 11 o'clock position on my retrieve, and that's where I happen to get a bite, I really can't set the hook too far back, and I want enough backbone to be able to at least get the hook in the fish. That's Got my it. That's my preferred style of fishing right there. Well, I got somebody texted a little while ago, and they agree with you. Big B says he likes the Fenwick HMG, uh, a medium action. Uh, Fenwicks have been around for a long, long time, a very popular name, good quality rod. There's a lot of good rods out there on the market. Well, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about fishing. I I got a question uh, the worm wanted me to ask you. He wants to know if the water's still low and dirty in Miller's Ditch in the intercoastal area. The water was definitely low yesterday. 
Uh, it started to clear up later in the day. Um, and I would say it's probably still dirty, but by lunchtime today, you should start to clear up. Uh, it was relatively calm most of the day yesterday. What happens when that water is low and you have those exposed mud banks, especially Miller's Ditch, which is so close to the intercoastal, when those barges go up and down the intercoastal, they stir the water up. And then we've had rising tides in the evening, so it'll bring that water from the intercoastal right on into Miller's Ditch. Um, there'll be some areas where there's clean water. You just might have to get further away from the intercoastal waterway where there's more grass in the bayous, and that grass sort of acts as a filter and help keep the water clean. Got it. Mike, uh, you headed out today. Where are you headed? No fishing for me today. My wife is in a um, – she's riding in a parade, and today is their ball. So so I'll get you a picture of me in a tuxedo because it doesn't happen <laughs> often. No, I know it doesn't. Yeah, we got to save that one and frame it. Well, if you were going fishing today, given the conditions we got, which is about a southeast wind, looked like about 10 to 15 knots, uh, maybe a little better than a half foot of tide range, been some low water, as he mentioned and you mentioned, and some dirty water. What would you suggest for somebody trying to get out and catch a few fish today? I'd fish in the Gohegan's Canal area, and you want to fish parallel to the grass. You'll see the line of grass, and you can fish right parallel to the grass. There'll be redfish in there and bass in there. If you fish late into the day, then I would start casting out towards the middle, and maybe some speckled trout that get active. Our water temperatures are right around 51. It's supposed to be a nice sunny day, so I would assume by mid-afternoon we should have water temperatures starting to climb up close to 55, and hopefully that could get the, uh, the speckled trout a little bit more active. Other than Gohegan's Canal, I would do what I said. I would travel uh, up into some bayous off the intercoastal waterway. Same thing, you want to look for the grass-lined bayous. If I were strictly targeting speckled trout, I would head towards Mr. Go. That's a large body of water, and it stays relatively clean. There'll be some clean areas. You'll just have to find them, um, and you'll be able to, you know, bounce plastics, you know, the little matrix jigs down on the bottom, and in those areas, you want to concentrate on the ledges where you can fish the drop-offs. Got it. Mike, anything else before you go? Well, I, I would like to talk about our good friend Sam Barbera. If you remember, uh, I sent you a text last week that I, I have decided to auction off April 17th in memory of Sam Barbera. April 17th is Sam's birthday, and uh, I would assume anybody that has listened to your show over the last 20 years has probably heard Sam on your show, either the TV or the radio, on several different occasions. And Sam was a great ambassador for Louisiana Outdoors, and he was a, he was a giver. He was always giving his knowledge and helping people be better at fishing and Sam is no longer with us, and I just decided that I would donate his birthday so the highest bidder, K 
can purchase that date, and I will make a donation of the profits to Mission 22, and their slogan is United in the War Against Veteran Suicide. So we can honor our friend Sam's memory, and we can move it forward to a good cause. And get a heck of a fishing trip with you out of it. Tell people how they can get signed up and participate in the auction. Very simple. You can go to my website at aaofla.com. We've set up a separate page on my website. It says Mission 22. You can click on that, and there will be all the information. You'll simply put your name and your email address and your bid. And about, I guess, three or four days before April 17th, we'll see who the highest bidder is, contact them, and set the trip up. Well, maybe as we get there, we can do some updates on it and let people know what the bids are and that type of thing and get some extra participation. I think it's a great event. Uh, You're honoring a really great guy. You know, Sam was a double captain. He was a captain in the military, but he was also a captain in the charter boat business. And Mission 22 is a, is a great cause, so it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful event. And, you know, Sam was one of the most, uh, I guess uh, you'd say, the adventurous or he was a real good listener to this program. He never missed a radio show because uh, there would be things that I would question him on about what was said, and he always knew the answer. And he told me, he says, he listened every Saturday morning to you and I, and uh, it was good knowing he was out there, and uh, I really missed a guy, and I know you do too, and so do a lot of other people. So this is a great event, and want to encourage people to participate in, in Sam's memory. Yeah, he was helpful. You know, he was always trying to help. I bump into people that tell me they saw Sam on the water and they weren't catching any fish, and he got close to him and threw him a bag of lures. Now, this is what I'm catching him on today, and he just always tried to help, and I knew if he was still here, he'd be trying to help somebody. So I'm going to help Mission 22 through Sam, and we'll just keep right. it going. AAofLA.com is where you can find out the details. If somebody wants to give you a call and check scheduling, uh, give them that phone number, Mike. Very simple. That number is 985-781-7811. And give my best to Queen Jacqueline tonight at the ball. I sure will. <laughs> All right, I want that picture, you in a tuxedo. I want to see it. Oh, oh I, I'll get one for you. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk next week, my friend. All right. Talk to you then. Well, there he goes, Captain Mike Gallo, born on the bayou. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Brendan Bayard. Guess where he is? He's in, sitting in a kayak down in Leeville trying to catch 10 fish to win the minimalist challenge. Our paddlers report is next here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time for our Paddler's Report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They've got locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Covington. They're the big sponsor for this year's Boat on the Bayou in the City Park. That's the New Orleans City Park Fishing Rodeo, March 25th. Got lots of prizes for first through third place bass. And they also sponsor those demo days where you can ride before you buy. Check them out. It's MasseyOutfitters.com. Brendan Bayard is down in Leeville. He's getting ready to participate in today's Minimalist Challenge. How's the situation look down there at the public launch, Brendan? It's very crowded, Don. There's uh, 
there's a lot of parking spots taken. I probably, you know, 10 left. And uh, it's uh, a bunch of kayakers in one place. It's great to be back in Leeville after we've been at different locations for the last few years. But uh, it's it's on, and there are people paddling around. I'm, uh, I'm probably about one and a half miles into a, you know, a pretty far clip. The good thing about this tournament is I get to talk to you before I'm fishing because I usually get away from the pack early on. <laughs> what were the five lures that everybody's challenged to use? Uh, we got uh, all, all local lures this year. We got a rattle trap. We got some uh, death grip jig heads. We have uh, four different plastics from various local companies and uh, a couple of uh, different size uh, uh, weedless hooks. So uh, I think everybody's got something in there that'll catch something, and uh, we're about to get after it. Do you have any scented baits, any of those scented? Or are you allowed to put any spray on it? Because you're fishing for bottom feeders, including that sheephead, and that could be helpful. Well, there's no scented baits with us this time. Um, you are allowed to use super glue to repair your lures, but that's about it. You can't use any dye dips or scents or anything like that on your lures. All right, so the the goal is the two best slot reds. You can catch up to five trout, a flounder, a sheephead, and a puppy drum. What is your plan of action? What are you going to try to concentrate on first? I'm trying to knock out some trout. It might be tough with the water low right now, but I'm going to fish into some canals where there's some depth still. Uh, water's supposed to come up a half a foot. We have an east wind, southeast wind. That should build the water height a little bit, and so the trout bite actually might be better in the afternoon so i'm only going to spend a little bit of time for trout early and then if i find some great if i don't i'm not going to mind pivoting to redfish i want to catch two big perfect slot reds that's really going to make the difference and then the other fish are kind of luck once you fill the bag of trout and reds then you attack those other ones well hope you get the trout and the reds early and then you can work on those those off species too and get those in. Is this going to be by total inches or is it going by weight? This is a weight tournament. So uh it's a lot easier on all of us where we don't have to sit there and you know take 5 minutes to take a perfect picture and you know have your phone with slime all over the hands and <laughs> oh man, I'm glad that's over. Do you think the challenge sold out? Every spot was sold, do you think? I think we have maybe uh, 10 spots left or so. Um, I don't know what's the reason for that. I think, uh, you know, after this year, it'll probably fill back up next year. It's just last year uh, we had a super cold. I think it was like 25 degrees and probably put a little bit of bad taste in people's mouth when they were fishing. Uh, but the weather's great today, and I think it's going to be a lot different of an outcome, and so it'll probably invigorate people for next year. What time is weigh-in? If somebody's going to be down that way, if they're going to be conventional fishing and they want to just witness the weigh-in and talk to some of the fishermen, what time is that going to be? It's 3 p.m. down at the uh, public launch right there at the end of the road where the where the old bridge used to be. All right. Well, hope you'll be in the winner's circle, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Before you go, we've been talking about favorite fishing rods, Brendan, and I know you probably used all kinds of rods for all kinds of applications, but what is your one favorite fishing rod that you've got? Oof. Oh, man, that's a really tough question. Uh, 
I'm not really super picky except for I like a medium weight. I like a fast tip. And I don't like my guides microscopic small, but I like them small. I like them big enough to be where my uh, my uni-to-uni leader knot flows freely through that. But I don't want it so tight that I could, like, potentially stop that travel of the lure when I cast or retrieve up. Other than that... Uh, just a, you know, a good quality blank. You know, there's lots of good ones out there, but I'm pretty, pretty into that medium weight. And uh, you know, for redfish, every once in a while, I'll have a medium heavy. All right. Thanks for reporting. Thanks for not uh, stopping pedaling while you're doing it. We can tell. Thanks, Brendan. Good luck to you. We'll talk <laughs> to you next time, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Don. Bye. All right, when we talk about live reports on the water, there you go. He's pedaling his way out in the minimalist challenge. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Yeah, I had a tough choice to make, but we found a guy. He's a five-time loser and offender and a first-time bad boy in the outdoors. His story's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, looking at our text message board, I uh, got someone uh, going in the woods by the church on the bayou, been feeding a buck close to the house. Want to shout out to Jeremy Patterson at Dixie Ranch and Big Mike on Bayou Or maybe that's Big Mike on Bayou Liberty, shouting out to Jeremy. Not sure what the order is. We've also got George listening to us in Slidell. Hey, Don, since we're talking about fishing rods, I'd be interested to know how many rods fishermen bring with them on a trip. In the old, old days, it'd be that one that I'd re-rig all day long. Now and for a long time since I've gotten smarter, it's about five or six. I have no particular favorite. I don't ever bring that many. Uh, rarely would I bring more than two. Usually I have one bait cast or one spinning, maybe one rigged with a cork, one rigged for bottom fishing, and that might change up a little bit. But for the most part, uh, rarely would I bring more than two. Uh, let's see, we got uh, some more coming in. Oh, there was a question from Big E about a fishing bait. Have you ever heard of the MEPS Aguila spinnerbaits? Yes, I have, and those are really good, especially for those rainbows you've been fishing. He says the rainbows slammed them. Do you think speckled trout would bite them? That's Big E. Yeah, I think they definitely would, but I don't think they're a durable enough lure for speckled trout. Speckled trout would tear it up. You get into a school of speck, and they would swallow it, and... It might end up losing it. I think it's more of a freshwater design bait, specifically for those rainbow trout, probably one of the best baits for those. All right, we're going to pause a quick 10 seconds, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our five-time loser. He's a bad boy of the outdoors from Port Sulphur, Louisiana. His story is next, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery agents Shay Schecksneider and Lieutenant Adam Young were on patrol near Port Sulphur when they observed Jeremiah Phillips taking oysters from an area the Louisiana Department of Health had designated as polluted. In addition to second offense, second offense of fishing under a license revocation for unpaid civil restitution, 
intentional concealment of fish and fishing without basic and saltwater license. Phillips was also cited for fifth, yes, the fifth offense for taking oysters from a polluted area, which earned him a spot in the Plaquemines Parish Jail and forfeiture of the boat he was using. Facing fines of $3,750, 120 days jail time, plus a 10-year revocation of his oyster license, and then only when he's fishing from a boat equipped with a monitoring system, plus 12 hours of trash truck or other type of community service, is Jeremiah Phillips, who is now 42 and will not be oyster fishing again till he's 52. From Port Sulphur, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. Got to tell you, that's some serious stuff, uh, polluted oysters, because you put them into the, the public, and it's a threat to public health. It also is an erosion of the seafood industry. Uh, and a fifth offense, I think jail time's ready for this guy. What do you think? 504-260-1870. When we come back, we're going to head to Mexico. We may have to uh, translate in Spanish. He's down in Mexico doing some bird hunting. I'm talking about our plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. His report's next on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. ¿Dónde está Captain Ryan Lambert? Uh, ¿Quieres hablamos español? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm setting up the decoys right now, and the ducks are falling in here like crazy. What kind of birds, those redheads, huh? Yeah, redheads. Well, we got 100 pond this morning, so it's widgeons, pintails, teal, uh, bottle ducks, redheads, everything. That's great. It's been great, really great good. News. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're talking very, about very favorite. Uh, we're talking favorite fishing rods. What's your favorite rod to use for for yourself? Not something for customers or clients. Just Ryan Lambert's personal favorite rod. Oh wow! I don't know, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's tough because there's so many. I just just seven foot medium light. It doesn't matter the brand, you know, as long as it's very light and very sensitive. You know, I use a lot of smoke rods myself. Cause they're very light, and you know, I like it. I like it very light and uh, small wheels. So you know, I, I like a lot of action. I'm gonna try to horse nothing. I even fish bull reds with a with a number ten reel. So I'm always yeah, on the light side of everything. You know, I was wondering. I was thinking uh, down there in Mexico. Where do you do you have to bring all of your gear from the United States? Do they make anything down there? Does Mexico manufacture any rods or reels or anything? Their brand? Um, I don't know. I, no, we just bring everything. You know, almost the whole world uses American stuff. No matter where you go in the world, they use our TV shows, all our inventions. It's amazing that we're one of the youngest countries in the world, and everybody uses our stuff. Yeah, most of it's made in China, and then it becomes ours, and everybody else uses it. <laughs> we, we are China's yeah, best so. distributor. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. You ought to see the birds coming in here, buddy. My word. Oh, it, yeah, I thought I heard a few shots in the background there. Is it shooting time yet? Oh, no. We're just getting ready, but it's just breaking daylight, and the ducks are just pouring in. It's been a great trip. I'm going to start booking this uh, in February March. Anybody wants to come down here with me, you let me know February, March, because I'm going to book about four white-wing hunts, which is a high-volume dove hunt, and then I'm going to uh, 
with about three duck combos, ducky stuff, quail, everything. So we'll put some groups together for this year. Yeah, well, we'll give out your information to, to get the details on, on getting signed up. Uh, what are you hearing back home? Are you getting any reports from the boys back at the lodge? Yeah, they're killing ducks, they're killing pigs, and they're catching fish. <laughs> so, Boy, that sounds they, like they a boucheray for sure. Yeah, all, all the customers want to go back in the evening and kill a kill a pig that's duck hunting and they're fishing and got a big, big foot coming this week. Oh, my God, look at the ducks. I mean, they're coming in 100 at a time right now. Mm, how long is the well, season down there? Uh, it goes to mid-February. This is my last. I'm going to coming home tomorrow. This is my last hunt of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want so, you to put me in jail. <laughs> yeah, melt your barrel down. Oh, man. Yeah, you guys do some shooting down there. What's the limits down there? 20, 20 in the morning, 20 in the evening. Uh, 20 at supper time? Well, uh, no, everything, you can shoot anything you want. We were working on the pintails yesterday morning. That was, it's beautiful watching 20, 30 pintails come in at a time. Oh, my gosh. You know, as you know, we just shoot the males, but it's still, I mean, there's hundreds of ducks poured in here right now. Goodness. <laughs> Get to my gun here in a minute. But, uh, there's a lot of redfish at home, and on the high tide in the evening, you catch the trout. So we're just doing our thing, and we'll get home and go right to fishing on, on Tuesday. They got a big front coming in, so it might be difficult come Wednesday. Yeah, you know, you know that next front's going to really drive even more ducks in. And, boy, it's been a good year. You know, uh, people are talking that this has been the best duck season in 10 years. And, you know, you and I were talking after we saw the, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service report on a, the fall flight index was going to be one of the worst in 20 years and yet locally because we didn't have the storms the ponds were in good shape we had droughts up north we had our early freezes that yeah. uh, turned out to, to be pretty decent season yeah very very good season lots of canvas backs lots of different birds i mean it was pretty good so i enjoyed it well that's another well, one in the books yeah that's it that's it. Time yep. to get the fishing rods ready for sure. All right, Ryan, if somebody yeah, wants to find out about the – they want to book for uh, down at the Cajun Fishing Lodge or they want to come to Nolejase in Mexico, give them that website. Uh, they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and it's not my Louisiana operation. But to know about Nolejase, you have to call me at 504-559-5111 and I'll tell you about it and we can look it up. It's pretty exclusive, not – not many people get to come. That's right. All right, we'll take care of that, those knees and also the shoulder, too, while you're shooting at all those ducks, and we'll catch up with you next all week right, when partner. you're back in Louisiana. All right. There he goes, our plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. Boy, he does some traveling. All right, when we come back after this, we're going to talk to Melissa Miller. Got a boat show coming to Biloxi next weekend. She'll tell you where, the times, the dates, and what you're going to find if you do go. We're back with Melissa right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. You know, when you think of February and you're an outdoorsman, you think, well, the hunting seasons are coming to an end. February is the toughest month to fish. And always thought about boat shows. It was always a great time for boat shows. There aren't as many as there used to be, but we got one coming. It's the Biloxi Boat Show. will be open next 
Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the show director, Melissa Miller, joins us now to talk more about it. Good morning, Melissa. So glad you guys Good got morning, the show Don. up and running. Good to hear from you. Listen, we're uh, great talking to you. How's the show shaping up? So the show's shaping up great. You know, I think that a lot of the inventory issues are getting sorted out, so there's lots more uh, boats to be uh, boats out there. This year at our show, we've got about 16 dealers from Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Florida, and uh, represented about 40 brands, so it's going to be a, a great show. We're really looking forward to it. Lots to see. Lots of good products, boat, you know, we have boats, we have local guides doing seminars, we've got all kinds of, you know, it's just, a, if, if you're looking for a boat, you're coming to the right place. If you want to just, if you just want to have fun, there's so much to do and see at the show. I'm sure there'll be some fishing tackle and fishing talk, and you know, a big part of uh, boating now is the electronics, and I'm sure you got a lot of people there can uh, help we, people to decide on which is the best electronics to go with their boats. We sure do. You know, if you're if, 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 if you're looking for a boat, we got one. If you want, if when you're there and you get your boat, if you need electronics, tackle, uh, trailer, motor, you know, we it's all the accessories and everything that goes with it. You, we have all the guys there that'll 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 get you set up. Now, this is a family friendly show too. Tell me about the kids 101. So we really want to, you know, make sure that kids we know how to get out on the water and be safe. So we do a little program called Kids 101 where they learn about water safety and they go through a a few little interactive activities that are fun and our local guides and other volunteers um, support it and they teach them how to do a cast net and cast a rod and all that water safety. And if you participate in the program and go through all the little stations and learn, all the kids get a rod and reel and some tackle to, to get out there, you know, and get started fishing. That's outstanding. You also have new boater safety programs too, and that's so important now. I think so. You know, we have a lot of new people out on the water. I think during COVID, everybody realized they should, you know, had more time to get outside and outdoors. So it's really important that all those people get all the information they do. So as more people join join us on the water, that everybody's safe. So we think that's an important part as well. And, Melissa, give us the exact location and the hours of the show. So the show is, uh, is next weekend, February 3rd through the 5th. It's at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. It opens at Friday on noon and it's open until 8 p.m. And Saturday it opens at 10 until 8 p.m. And then Sunday it's open from 10 to 5. And it's $10 for adults. We have an $8 military ticket and kids 15 and under are free. Wow, what a bargain price you have. $10 for adults, $8 for military, and all the kids you want to bring in absolutely free. Uh, that's a great for a whole day or maybe two days to see everything in the show you know melissa one of the things i always liked about the boat show and and recommended people to shop there was because if you take the time to drive from dealer to dealer and dealer and go see models here you got them all there right next to each other you can comparative shop in one place in one day you know it really does it makes so much sense you you could to see all these products you'd have to drive all you know we like i said we have the dealers from of course, Mississippi, and we have people coming from Louisiana, Alabama, and Florida, bringing all these different brands. So it's so easy, and it, you're right there. You can walk around and compare all the models. And I'll tell you something else that uh, is such an advantage is the manufacturers come in support these dealers. So they're there. If you have any question, if your dealer can't answer it, or you, or you have another, uh, the manufacturers are right there on hand to talk to them, too. So it's a great resource if you're in the market. Yep. We have and people that are there that will help you with financing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I know a lot of these dealers will also, they'll actually schedule demos for you, too. You know, if you you meet them and you get really interested in one, they'll actually set it up on on the outside where you can actually take the boat out before you buy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big part of it. So I think, you you know, like I said, if you're in the market for a boat, it's the place to be. No doubt about it. All right, that's going to be the 3rd through the 5th and got all kind of activities going on. If somebody wants to find out more information, do you have a website, Melissa? I do. So they can go to gulfcoastshows.com, or you can also just type in the Biloxi Boat Show, and it it comes up that way as well. And that way you'll get a list of all the seminars. Yeah, that'll be all the seminars, what time the programs are. Um, We have a trout pond, fishing for kids, and um, you can see the the daily times there as well. All right. Sounds good. A great job on the show, Melissa, and uh, we'll hope to see you there. And good luck Thank on you. getting it all done. We, we really appreciate you getting up with us this morning, too, and talking to all this. Hey, listen, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the show. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, Melissa. All righty. Take care. Melissa Miller, the director for the Biloxi Boat Show, the Gulf Coast Auditorium. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, got a few uh, people want to lock up our bad boy. Franklin says, lock him up, lock him up. KC says the same thing. Hadn't learned his lesson in five times. Put him in jail. We got someone likes the the Ron Propeel's pocket fisherman from Mandeville. You still got one? Oh, I'd love to see one of those if they're still around. All right, we also got uh, oh gee, just so many. Th- oh, your uh, rooster trail tails for the rainbow trout. They're being good for the ones that are stocked. And we've also got someone says if you cut them from the vent to the gills, you can reach in, grab that backbone, and pull it out. And it seems like all the small bones come out. I don't know if I trust myself doing that. I'd still be careful for rainbow trout bones. We'll see you next week right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network.